Salam Salam from Boulder, Colorado. This is the Rorschach Ethiopia update from Thursday the 16th of December 2021. A quick summary of what's going down in Ethiopia. We kick this edition off with mostly good news and just a bit of bad news about the conflict in the northern parts of Ethiopia. Let's start off with the goodies and ease our way in. As a return to normal life is on the horizon for the residents of the war-torn cities that we told you were liberated last week. These cities, Kambulcha, Desi, and other minor surrounding towns have gotten electricity back. The Ethiopian Electric Utility Office broke the news on Friday the 10th. The transmission line station operator manager, Habtamu Wube, has thanked the maintenance professionals for their sacrifice to solve this society's problem. On the war front, a couple of miles north from the cities that got electricity back, the Ethiopian National Defense Force, or the ENDF, is still on the front foot and is making significant inroads. The Government Communication Service has said in an announcement on Saturday night, the 11th of December, that the ENDF is on the eastern front and has controlled the strategic mountainous area called Zobel. The announcement also claimed that the Woldia Mekele Road has been cut out and the Tigre People's Liberation Front, or the TPLF, has no way out. On some related unpleasant news, after carrying out some research in the northern cities of the Amhara region, Chena, and Kobo, the Human Rights Watch has reported 49 innocent civilians have been summarily executed by the TPLF. The Human Rights Watch organization had interviewed 36 witnesses that recall the executions that took place just five days before the TPLF left these cities. These horrendous acts were carried out between the 31st of August and the 9th of September 2021. The Human Rights Watch Crisis and Conflict Director, Lama Faki, said that the Tigerian forces showed brutal disregard for human life and the laws of war by executing people in their custody. Three days after the report, the U.S. Department of State took notice and issued a statement through spokesperson Ned Price. The statement urged all of the armed parties involved to renounce violence against civilians, and it also called for an end to the conflict that has dragged on for more than a year now. It proposed diplomacy and peaceful negotiations as the first, last, and only option to cease hostilities. The U.S. has also responded to allegations that it's helped the TPLF rebels to gain control of the capital Addis Ababa after the TPLF spokesperson Getchu Reda's interview with the Tigray TV station, which left many wondering if the U.S. had anything to do with the insurgents of the rebel group. In the interview, Getachu said, America's standing isn't precisely known. They've told us different things at different times. After which, the U.S. government said that it had never helped the TPLF further its campaign or take over Addis. The government also reiterated its standing on how there's no solution on the battlefield for Ethiopia's case, and that the aim of the U.S. is to see the conflict cease, human rights abuses stop, and unlimited humanitarian access granted. While some are recommending dialogue, others are supporting the victims on the ground. One of the many organizations helping out is the International Red Cross Committee. The Red Cross has donated loads of table salt, rice, and food oil for more than 6,000 victims in the conflict in the Amhara region, which is in the Wagarma zone. This donation was a follow-up from last month's aid in the form of shelter and home appliances. The Red Cross is offering a helping hand a few miles north in the town of Shire in the Tigray region as well. And this time, the type of provision is different. 30,000 free phone calls for residents of one of the northernmost towns of Ethiopia. In related news, Finland has also pledged to donate more than 4 million euros to civilians who are in dire need of humanitarian aid. Finland will also make an additional donation of 1 million euros to the Food Project in public schools, a program initiated by the World Food Program. The feud between the Ethiopian government and the international community continued this past week as well. 
Ethiopia accused two UN organs, the WHO and UNESCO, for showing disregard in not renouncing the destruction inflicted by the TPLF in the Afar and Amhara regions. The director of the International Organizations and Affairs, Yosef Kese, voiced his criticism in a meeting with the representatives of the organizations. UNESCO's Dr. Yamiko Yokozuki and the WHO's Dr. Burma H. Sambo. A day after this meeting, the Government Communications Service also made an announcement about the assembly of the United Nations Human Rights Council to discuss how Ethiopia's affairs puts question marks over the organization's impartiality. The spokesperson of the Communications Service said that even if there were abuses on human rights, the government is looking into it, and if intervention was indeed necessary, there should have been African nations included in the assembly. The spokesperson concluded that this was not only an encroachment against Ethiopia's sovereignty, but the whole continent. On Sunday the 12th, the Center of Advancement of Rights and Democracy graduated 364 secondary school students. One of the initiatives of the organization is the recruitment of high school students of Addis that are interested in human rights. The center had trained the graduates of the basics of gender equality, human rights, freedom of speech, and rights of assembly and association. The chairwoman of the electoral board, Berkutan Medeska, and the Human Rights Commissioner, Dr. Daniel Bekele, were also present at the graduation ceremony. The graduates were deemed the new generation of human rights defenders. Speaking of students in education, remember the students we told you about that campaigned for community service? They finished their time off and returned to school on Monday the 13th of December. The Government Communications Services spokesperson, Salimowit Kasa, has told journalists that the campaign was successful and thanked participants. She has also made it clear that time lost in class will be compensated for the coming weeks, with school picking up its pace to stay on schedule. And our last update sees a private bank named Bunna Bank rake in 937 million burr in profit, which is about 19 million U.S. dollars before taxes. The bank also said that it has received much-needed hard currency of around 164 million U.S. dollars from abroad in remittance. Its total wealth has reached 30 billion burr, or 527 million U.S. dollars, and it loaned out 6.73 billion burr, which is close to 136 million dollars. Interestingly enough, the name of the bank, Bana, is Amharic, and it means coffee. Did you know that Ethiopia is widely considered to be the place where coffee was discovered? Legend has it that a goat herder named Kaldi found this most beloved bean after his goats ate some and became so energetic that they couldn't sleep at night. Kaldi then tried these mysterious beans out for himself and brought them over to a monastery. The monks tried them too, and they loved the beans. They kept them awake during the prayers at night, and the rest is history. That's it for this week. Thanks for joining us. Subscribe to our show in your favorite podcast listening app to be updated weekly about the big stuff going down in Ethiopia. Let us know your thoughts and ideas by emailing us at podcast at or follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Ciao.